Welcome to another episode of We Have to Go Back Lost Revisited uh, special edition episode. I am one of your hosts, Ben. And I am your other one of your hosts, Kristen. Uh, Kristen, we just got off the phone with uh, a guest who our listeners are going to hear right after this intro. Uh, I got to ask, what did you think? I thought it was awesome. What a great conversation. What a great dude. Right? Yeah, he was real easy to talk to. Um, you know, I it was funny because I, I came prepared with all these questions that I wanted to ask. And then all of a sudden it was like, I don't need to ask anything. Nope. He... <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just like drop a couple keywords in every once in a while and away we go. Yeah, you're, you're going to hear our conversation with MC Ganey, a.k.a. Tom Friendly uh, or Zeke, as Sawyer calls him. Um, and he was so generous with his time. Uh, to to come on this podcast and talk exclusively about Lost and uh, yeah you're right he's just an amazing storyteller that as I told you before we started talking to him all we really had to do was just get the ball rolling and that's it and yeah, he, and he it takes was, it and runs with it you know what I would never need coffee if he was somebody <laughs> that I spoke to every day because I feel pretty energized after speaking to him. That was that was really fun. Thank you so much for arranging that. That was really great. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of hoping this is the first of many. I mean, we've been saying since the beginning of this podcast we wanted to have conversations with cast members, and this is the first, hopefully not the last. Mm-hmm. And although MC is going to be a tough one to top because he's just... He's such a character in himself, you know, that it was just so much fun to talk to him. And we, we talked to him for about an hour in which, you know, again, within like the next two minutes, everybody's going to get to hear it. And I can't wait mm-hmm. to see what people what people think about this. And yeah. Oh, man, it was it's you're right. It's it, he's so high energy. I kind of feel energized myself after having just talked to him. Yeah. Yeah, big smiles on my face. So I hope that everybody enjoys this episode this week and we'll come back to you next week with uh, DOC. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, just sit back, relax, and enjoy this, our conversation with MC Ganey. It's the next level. Hmm? Ah! All right, guys, we're going to take a little break from our weekly breakdowns of the episodes as we usually do for Kristen and I are welcoming a guest to the podcast. Uh, you know him as the the first other we're ever introduced to and the one who kidnaps Walt from Michael uh, to eventually become the other that we just grew to love. Uh, you heard him join me on the spotlight, and now Kristen and I welcome him to this podcast. Please welcome, uh, you know him as Tom Friendly, Mr. MC Ganey. You I'm f- delighted to be with you. Delighted to be with you. We're going to have to take the boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as Kristen, you know, Kristen was saying, that's, God, that's one of the best lines from from that show, from your character. Drove me crazy. Uh, you have to understand this, the, the the fundamental dynamic of this show that made it different from anything else I've ever done in the almost 50 years I've been acting. I never knew what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> I never knew who I was. I didn't know why I was there. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I was hiding. All the things it takes for an actor to build a character, I was without. And they liked it that way. And they... and. And they would not respond to my uh, incessant queries. Like, well, how? What? Why do I want the boy? <laughs> they wouldn't tell me. And who am I? For I me, mean, that's the starting place. Who am I? Uh, and uh, and all summer long, that was the last episode of the season. All summer long, my friends from all over the world were t- calling, and I'd see them. And they'd say, "What are you going to do with the boy?" What are you going to do with him? I said, God, I don't know it. I hope I'm not going to barbecue him somewhere. I hope I'm not going to do something horrible to him. I have no idea. And they didn't believe me. And it wound up being a really... I, I did. 
later on, I, I changed the story. I had to make up a story to satisfy some people later on. And I said, I viewed it as rescuing a kid from a, a child from a burning raft. You know, I, I, the, the, people were jumping off the raft. It was on fire. I got him. I saved him. Now, the fact that I set the raft on fire, <laughs> I, we don't need to mention to say, that part. Yeah, I was just about to say, I think you yeah. set the from raft time on to fire. Time, from time to time, you'll hear my wife shouting from the other end of the house, yeah, yeah, you were saying it was going to be a burning lamp. Yeah, that's right. I, I did. I didn't think that was a pretty good explanation. But uh, I literally, I did not know anything. Literally, my, when I first heard about Lost, I thought it's the worst idea I'd ever heard. I said, they've already done Gilligan's Island. Mm. Now, I've seen, I, I mean, I, I know every episode of Gilligan's Island. And it's really stupid because the Harlem Globetrotters wound up on Gilligan's Island and they managed to get off of it. <laughs> That's so the true. Who's supposed to be so smart. He can't get them off. So I, and then I didn't realize, I didn't realize that it, we're going to have backstories and that it was going to turn out to be one of the great entertainments. Uh, one, I, it's definitely in the top 10 uh, TV shows uh, you know, of my lifetime. And, so how did, uh, yeah. how, how did you get connected into the show? April Webster was the casting director, and she'd been around Hollywood for a while. She used to cast the A Team and and uh, Dukes of Hazard TV show and stuff like that. She and she cast me a lot of times, and they wanted me to come in and audition. And at that point, I was still good with that. I, I was I, I was very anxious to audition, but I wasn't anxious to audition for this particular day because I was working on another show with uh, uh, an incredibly beautiful woman whose name I've forgotten. My wife will shout it out from the other room in a minute. <laughs> Rebecca Romaine. <laughs> Rebecca Romaine Samos. And we've been shooting downtown in L.A. all day, a helicopter landing on top of a building. And when I've been on top of a building downtown all day, and I got off uh, about 3 o'clock, and my manager called and said, listen, April, is you've got to come in today. And, and I said, well, I, I don't, I'm not really prepared. Not a problem. You're going to audition with a piece of material that's not even in the show. So they just want you to come in. And I thought, okay, when I hear that, I usually think that it's just because they feel like they need me to come in or else the good side is it's because they already know they want me to do it. So I went in and read this the cold reading of the uh, uh, underprepared thing uh, that took place in a gift shop in an airport. And, uh, and so, okay, fine. So then I, I got the job. And when I got it, I had still not seen the show. And so I did not, I didn't really know who people were. I, I didn't know that much about it. I wasn't that excited, except that it worked in Hawaii. And I mm -hmm. love working in Hawaii, baby. I love it. That's a deal maker right there. So, but I have to tell you that when I got there, I had no idea who I was, what I was doing. I had no idea. And, and I was, everybody else seemed to, I mean, all the producers were writers and the directors, they seemed to know what was going on. And they said, listen, you just do what you think is right. And if it's wrong, we'll let you know. I'm like, okay, that's about as vague as it gets. And, uh, I had, I have a handlebar mustache. I, they asked me if I would mind shaving it off. I didn't mind. And then they put a fake beard on me. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, a gigantic fake beard. And but what they didn't tell me, I'm just, I could do a whole a book on what they did not tell me. They did not mention to me that it's a fake beard that I'm going to remove at some point. <laughs> yeah, I thought, hey, I'm a bearded guy. When you see me, I look like I look like I've been living under a, a rock for about two years, don't <laughs> I? My clothes are rags. I got this big fake beard. So I didn't. It, it, that's that's what it started out. I went into it without knowing anything, and I did most of it without knowing anything. And I began to make decisions for myself, and some of them led good places, and some of them didn't. Well, by the end of that season go. finale, when you had, you know, because that was the first episode that you had done, it was the first time we had seen you. Did you know, I, with the little that you did know, was one of the things that you knew that you were going to be coming back in season two? Or was that the only episode you thought you were going to be doing for the time? You know, I, I, that's funny. I can't really remember that. I don't remember. I, it may have just been the only one. I may not have known that, be, to be honest with you. I, I don't recall somebody saying, oh, yeah, we'll see you next season. I generally, I, unless they kill me on a show, I generally expect to come back. Well, and, and, and even that, when they kill me, I came. <laughs> even when I, they came, I came back anyway, yeah. yeah but just, that's, what, that's, what, 
Yeah, that's I, a whole different. Thing. I was just going to say the same thing. I mean, that was the you know even after they killed you and lost, we still ended up seeing you. I think two more times after after your death. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but you have to realize that when in while I was doing that, I was also starting to work on Wild Hogs. I also was doing the the uh, uh, Dukes of Hazard movie, and uh, uh, and you know, I mean, I, I was like doing four other things. So it was a just a job, a great job, a job in Hawaii. And uh, but it's hard to it's hard to snuggle up with a character when you don't know anything about him. I mean, that, you know, it's like it's like blindfolded dating or something. You know, it's like, right. OK, right. I, like I don't have I don't have much to work with here, but uh, it, wor- it worked out all right. though, and I got used to it and I started having fun with it because it gave me uh, the opportunity to do whatever I thought uh, Tom Friendly would do in that moment. For instance, uh, when the when the little girl comes in later on, I think in the uh, third season, maybe second season, I, I, she's in our camp with us, and I would walk by and I would pat her on the head as I went by because, and they would say, "No, nah, man, maybe you shouldn't. No, don't, don't, maybe." And I'd say, "Okay, sure, all right, uh, that's too skeevy." Well, it turned out it wasn't too skeevy. It's Ben's daughter. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. that makes that makes a difference. Yeah, so, uh, Tanya, Tanya, uh, what's her name? Tanya, Tanya Ramon. Tanya Ramon, yeah, she, she's a uh, she's a lot of fun. Incredibly beautiful woman. Little girl, she's a little girl is a little girl. She looked like Ava Gardner. That ain't a bad way to start. <laughs> no, no, not at she all. was gorgeous. You know, it was so funny yeah. because you were always my favorite other because I I felt like you were so mysterious as a character. Like there were times where I really loved you, and then there were other times where I was a little scared of what you might do. And I'm just wondering, like. Do you, like, now that it's all said and done, I mean, do you consider Tom Friendly just to be, like, a loyalist to, to like, the Dharma Initiative and Ben? Or or do you consider him to be kind of a, a good guy? Or did you ever get a feel for that by the end? In in hindsight, you mean looking back on it now? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, I think I was talking to Ben about sidekicks. I, I got into acting because I loved sidekicks. I always mm-hmm. wanted to be a sidekick. So... Uh, there was a moment there when I thought, okay, geez, uh, this is this guy's going to wind up being a really bad guy because if I'm the first other you see, may, maybe I'm in charge, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that, that's going to mean a lot. But I was delighted to find that what I was not. Then I could be Ben's sidekick. And then I, then I felt like I was Jack's sidekick. You know, right. I mean, I felt like, so, so uh, Tom Friendly is friendly. Right and yes. Yeah. What did she say? Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, we may we were talking the other day about the uh, uh, thing at the end of the universe. Uh, the, uh, thank you. I, I can't mix all this up at one time, baby. The restaurant <laughs> at the end of the universe. One of the really important things about that is the towel. Everybody, you got to have a towel. Oh yeah, right? for uh, hitchhiker, hitchhiker's guy. Yep. Uh, yeah, hitchhiker's guy. You have to. Have, yeah. Not yeah. Yeah, you have to have a towel, and I had towels in the second season. I have I have towels. I'm trying to get, and this leads into a crucial element of the whole thing, which is that in trying to do things, it led me in certain directions. So I will say that Tom Friendly was a sidekick. He was like a friendly dog that wanted somebody to play with and pet him. And so if it was Ben, okay, if it was Jack, okay. I mean, he did, his allegiances seem a little murky to uh, either one side or the other, uh, uh, in all honesty. But, uh, but it led me, uh, I'm completely off my thing. It, led me, it led, led me to a good way because in that moment, in that scene, when I try to hand the towels and the soap to Evangeline, mm-hmm. and she says, no, not in front of you. And I say to her, you're not my type. As I read those words on the script, I said, if she's not his type, then Josh Holloway must be. Or, ja- or Jack Sawyer. Or, right. Or, or Jack must be. I think and Josh so Holloway is everyone's type. Yeah, I think so, too. And, I, <laughs> yeah, and, and, uh, and so I, I just thought to myself, okay. You know what? All right. So we, uh, let me get in touch with uh, 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 my feminine side. Let me get in touch with, a, for, for want of a better term, uh, uh, pleasing people, helping people, wanting to, wanting for, even when I'm holding them in cages, I'm wanting it to be better for them. You know, I'm, wa- I'm not wanting them to make it, them make it harder on themselves. 
and I'm doing all this without even knowing who else is involved in all this, uh, what kind of organization. I didn't know any of that shit. But I knew that if she's not my type, then uh, Sawyer or Jack would be. So I kept this in my, my mind, and I never really had any places to demonstrate this in any way, except that a lot of times when I'm listening to Jack, I'm really listening. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm lost in his eyes. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm really, <laughs> yeah. really, really. I'm a great audience, and but just as now I'm, the cows is taking me so far ahead. I'm just going to go ahead and, and say that uh, nobody else noticed that I was gay, and I didn't have any chance to really do anything about it until about the fourth season, when I'm throwing a football with Jack. And I threw it very, very badly. <laughs> and after that season was over, they have this thing. They have this thing where the uh, Emmys uh, nominations are presented to the writers of all the TV shows. And they have a big party at the Friars Club in Beverly Hills. And it's sponsored by a vodka company. And they all get together. And, they, and all these shows, you got the Seinfeld, right? not Seinfeld. You have the John Stewart uh, Daily Show writers. You have the Two and a Half Men writers. You have all the different shows. And they're all sitting at tables. And... And Lost was nominated. And this is just to present the nomination to them. This is not to give them the award. Mm -hmm. And they like to have somebody from the show, you know, talk as a, a talking head for that group. So they called me and asked me if I would do it. And I thought, I'm the only one that's in L.A., so yeah, sure, I'll do it. And it sounds like fun. So I went in and made a long speech about uh, none of you people know who I am. I'm the guy, I'm a working man, actor, yada, yada, yada. So now afterward, we're having drinks and, and sitting at a table and one of the producers asked me, he said, you played football, didn't you? And I said, oh, yeah, high school and college in the Army. He said, well, um, why can't you throw a football? And I said, well, I can, but Tom can't because he's gay and he never, never tried. And there was a silence at the table. And they said, what? Tom's gay? And I said, oh, yeah. And so they all got a big laugh out of it. If she's not your type, I mean, it was, I, they did enjoy it. They got a laugh out of it. Then they, they got a big laugh. Okay, so two weeks later, I get a script. And it's a flashback. And I'm in a hotel room in New York with my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, for me, that was the, my reward. Uh, that was like, okay, now this is mine. They they set up everything else. They tell I'm like I'm like a, a dog doing tricks, man. I'm a trained dog doing tricks. They, they they tell me the trick, I do it. This one is mine. And the best thing about it was they hired this really handsome kid in Honolulu, local guy, not much experience, but he was really excited about being on Lost. He was really excited about being my boyfriend. And we were before we were shooting. He said, "Well, let's talk down. Where do you think we uh, got together? How long have we been together?" I said, "You wait, my kid." Uh, you know, I, I live on an island someplace, all right? This is a flashback in New York. You're in New York. You're not on the island. So this would not be a, that kind of relationship. And he <laughs> meant, you yeah. mean I'm a professional? And I said, yeah. And then he really loved it. Oh, he was really excited <laughs> then, man. He was playing a professional, a professional prostitute. He was so excited. But that's where the towels led me into, into that uh, thing right there. So I'm, I'm going to shut up and let you ask me another question because – I'm lost. No, that's 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 really amazing. <laughs> I see what that's you did there. That's a great story. I love that story, and I love the fact that you have you kind of connect it to uh, to Ford's character in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, kind of like because Ford was somebody who played both sides, and he was somebody who was kind of uh, an interesting character as well. And he always had a towel. Yeah, yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah. my beautiful wife's not going anywhere without a towel. I mean, you're going to get in the car and drive, uh, drive to Ventura for a day. Even if you're not going swimming, she got a towel. You got to have a towel. Well, that's great. Right. Yeah, the hat that I was wearing in that first scene the, and the light of no, the light em up scene. My favorite, my favorite, favorite, favorite. Was made by my wife, and it's based on 42. Oh, that's so cool. Once again. Once again, a big deal in the Hitchhiker's Guide in the, uh, the 42. And Secret it's a big life. deal to her. because She's a mathematician, among many other things. She is a mathematician, a mathematician, a whiz, a, a quantum mathematician that has the experiments with basing uh, things in base 42 instead of base 10. Now, if you had any trouble with base 10, like I did, you know, the, the multiplication tables is about as far as I got an understanding of it. 
base 42 will really turn you inside out. But just to <laughs> let you know, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of the hitchhikers guide buried deep in this. Not only not and not just on my part. I mean, you know, that's one of the great things about Lost. They took whatever they liked from a wide variety of esoteric places. Yeah. And I think it's I think what's really cool about that whole story as well is the fact that, you know, with as meticulous as the writing was on that show and in setting things up for like four seasons ahead or whatever, they they still gave the freedom, you know, to someone like such as yourself to kind of still morph a character uh, on their own while still keeping it as part of the story. So, yeah, yeah, and and I think, and I don't know whether or not they uh, they might they might have killed my character off three episodes in had I not been uh, sort of uh, a, a, I, I, this is such a terrible thing to say like a breath of fresh air had I not been somebody who was not uh, angry who was not I mean they you know when you're holding people captive you know, locking them in cages, it's really easy to get a, a big head about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We begin to feel like, I'm in, I'm in control here. And, uh, but I wasn't, and uh, and Tom Friendly was not in control, and and uh, he's a his character had a lot of issues. And I think, uh, I think somebody's gay in every group, if it's, you know, a big enough group. And he was, he was that guy there, and, and with no partner in sight, and I never did, you know, I, I did one scene where one director asked me, I'm not going to name, say who it was, but he asked me he said, after a shot, he said, MC, I watched you uh, do that thing. Were you mincing a little bit? And I said, uh, maybe a little bit. And he just laughed and, and I found out later that he's gay. <laughs> something about my walk made him think that you know i wasn't tom friendly was not the uh badass uh macho guy that he appeared when he said light him up and told him you stay on the beach you'll be okay right mm-hmm. you stay yeah. on the beach you'll be all right yeah just stay on the beach i was like oh my god the first time i started watching this show and i saw the smoke monster i said yeah i wouldn't have any problems staying on the beach As a matter of fact <laughs> right? i might stay 10 feet out in the surf <laughs> no problem. I don't need the need to explore this island. But uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. It was interesting that they did make a little. Room. They used to say when I would quiz them, they'd say I would bust their balls. I I, I I have a lot of respect for people in charge of this business, but I also it's also goofy, man. You know, it's like it's a funny thing to do. And so I, I sometimes kid people in power and I would kill the kids the producer that say you guys are making this shit up week by week you don't have a clue no no it's in a room a secret room we'll never show you and it's all on three <laughs> by five cards and it's all and I said yeah yeah it's on three by five yeah sure it is so it gave me a great deal of satisfaction to get that script that time and say yes you know what <laughs> this wasn't on a three by five card but right, if I right. said that to him if I said that to them, they would have said, oh, of course it was MC. Who do you think wrote that line? You're not my type. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't try to outsmart them. I just try to have a good time with them and let everybody have fun. <laughs> it's just that simple, man. Yeah. And this was a great show to have fun in because, you know, everybody's there. I have to speak apart from the, the plots and things, which I sometimes don't know a lot about. I can be disappointing is that the, the job itself, was a once in a lifetime thing uh, for me anyway, because it's all these people, most of whom have not been in the business a long time. And most of them had not been stars. And some of them like Evangeline Lilly had not been seen. They came, she came literally out of nowhere and they threw her into the pilot. They threw her into a situation that would challenge longtime skilled actors. And she did it. She nailed it. She's a natural, great actress. Mm-hmm. And all these kids, all these kids are in Hawaii and it, it sounds really crazy, but when you're in Hawaii for any length of time, you, people start to say things like, yeah, I'm going back to the States. Uh, and you say, no, this is a state, <laughs> you know, you start, you start to feel, you start to feel, you don't feel like you're in America and you're on this Island and you're in the jungle all the time. And you're on the biggest show in the world. People all over the world know your name and they're stuck there, you know. I mean, people, people like Jorge, you know, like a huge, huge star, you know. And so it was a wonderful world to be in. I would go over there. I would come back from the states and go and go there to do an episode. 
and you know I would take their temperature, how they're doing, how are they, are they burned out yet, how are they, and and you know after the second season when they came back for the third season they they all knew they'd all been through it, you know what I mean they'd all been mm-hmm. through it now the world acclaim and after the fourth season the fifth season and it was uh, it was really a beautiful thing to see as a lot of young actors becoming oh, almost overnight becoming huge stars yeah. and having to deal with it. Yeah, and most of them dealt with it really, really well, I thought. Yeah. It was just like an unusual experience. Usually you don't ever see unknown people get to be that famous that fast. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I we, we've said multiple times on this podcast that this was, at least for me, this was the first time I can remember that this was appointment television for me. I mean, that pilot uh-huh. was one of the best pilots, I think, the, ever. The best pilot. The single greatest pilot ever made i believe yeah and i'm going I, back to the i'm going back to the pilot of bonanza in 1959 that's how far back i go with it you know? it, it, it was a great pilot unbelievable mm-hmm. it did everything you could ask a pilot to do and it uh, yeah i i agree with you it was fantastic but, uh, and it was on, on the tv yeah, yeah and, and on the same token it was also the one of the best uh, season one finales. I mean, it was a complete story, and you were a part of that finale. And that finale, yeah. like I've said, it was it was electric. I mean, when you guys came, came out of the, yeah, when you guys came out of nowhere yeah. out of the jungle, yeah, literally, I literally, lost my oh, mind. Yeah, yeah, out of the jungle too. But but before that, in that last episode of that season, you've never seen anybody who wasn't on the plane. Right. And now they're out there on a raft, and they're trying to just see if they can get, and all of a sudden there's somebody in a boat. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and, he's, and he's laughing and joking. He's got a beard. He's wearing clothes. I mean, normal clothes. He's laughing and joking. He's on a freaking boat, right? Mm-hmm. And right. then that moment, in that moment, the uh, I, now see, I wasn't somebody who'd seen the whole season and was hanging, but I could imagine what it was like later on to say, wow, you put that whole year, that whole season in there. And now in the last 15 minutes, there's somebody else and he's going to try to kill all these people and take the kid. That's some, that is some bold, bold storytelling there. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. yeah. And then the mean, next season, the next season was when I came out of the, came out of the jungle and you That's find out that, yeah, the next year it did, but you find, you see me and you go, where well, there's that guy. Oh my God. And there's a lot of other people out there doing all these people <laughs> with the torches. I mean, it's just great storytelling, you know? And I think and, that, and, yeah. yeah. Was what? that the premiere, the season two premiere when you guys came out of the jungle then and you said, light him up? Yeah, I think it has to be. Yeah. Because, I think it yeah. has to be. Because yeah. that was even that more intense than you guys showing up on the boat, in all honesty. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Now because now you know, yeah, it's not just because I, I could have when I came on, I could have been on another island. Mm-hmm. You know, as it turned out, I think there was another island somewhere. I don't know. I have to be honest with you. I'm a little sketchy when we get to the end of the show because I, I you know, I was doing a lot of other stuff and I kind of lost. I sort of lost whether or not they had it. By the time Kevin Duran was on there, I was so confused. I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was it was bold storytelling. And uh, it was appointment TV. And it was amazing. I mean, I'd, been, I'd done a lot of things, but I'd never done anything that had that kind of awareness. And, the, and it was, it's a double-edged sword, too, because they, if there were people on that show who maybe got a DUI, or got into some kind of beef in town in Honolulu and the paparazzi or something. And it went around the world overnight. And that's a hell of a thing to carry with you. If you're trying to have a good time while you're working, I can tell you. uh, And so I have to tell you uh, uh, that uh, about another thing, you know, the, the smuggler that has the plane and has the uh, Virgin Mary statues with the heroin in it. Right. Right. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Of course yeah, you know. Yep. I mean, I can feel like I can mention the most obscure things, and you know exactly what I'm saying. Well, that was uh, when, when, you, when I was there. Uh, see, I, w- I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The people who were there all the time, the cast regulars, uh, we all had their own homes, and we would, we would get together and watch the show at different people's houses on Wednesday night or whenever the hell it was. And one thing they all had as a souvenir was one of those statues. And I, and I thought, man, I, I'm a natural-born collector of stuff. I got stuff from everything I ever did. And I said, I got to get and the And the prop guy said, oh, maybe next year, maybe next year. So about the fourth season, we got a new prop guy, and they hadn't done that gag for a while. And I said, can I have it? He said, yeah. So he gave me two. He gave me a plaster one and a plastic one. 
And I said, man, this is great. And I, and I kept him in my hotel room. And when, uh, when that episode was over, I was going to fly back to L.A. And I, uh, uh, I said, I'm not going to put this in my check baggage because it, it might get lost. Uh, so I'm going to put it in my carry-on. And as I'm putting it in my briefcase, my, one of my guardian angels says to me, wait a minute. You might want to shake this thing one time oh, before no. you do that. <laughs> so I did. I picked it up and I shook them. And my God, there's something inside. So I got my fingernail clippers out and I carved a hole and pulled out a bag of prop heroin out of each one of them. <laughs> and our prop guy didn't know. He had never worked that gag. He was new that season. He just, he just forgot or something. Oh, my God. I, I called my wife and I said, honey. I, just, I was just about to go to the Honolulu airport and run these things through the thing, and I would have been in every newspaper in the world. <laughs> Lost actor arrested at the Honolulu airport for smuggling heroin. That would have been and an, 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 an and an story. And, and an ounce of Hawaiian pot, which I would have had down the front of my pants. And, <laughs> and then two days later, the story would be, this idiot was smuggling prop heroin. It would, have, it would have been even even bigger. I never would have lived that down. Never. I would have heard that it would have been bigger than my dick in Sideways. It was something I would never hear the end of. You know, I mean, for years, every pump, pump room I went into for a meeting, people wanted to talk about Sideways. And long after they forgot about Lost, they still want to talk about Sideways. But this would have, but my guardian angel, my guardian angel told me, shake that thing one time. Oh, my God. So, I, you know, that, that, uh, that you know that fame that that world fame and everything that notoriety more for anything it would have cut me cut me to the quick but i didn't happen i threw it away my wife said you should have brought it home it's a great problem yeah i yeah i'll put it in my sock how's that yeah no I, it's, uh, but I, I still have that i still have a virgin mary sitting over here on my desk right now looking at me while we're talking and uh that's uh, that's what the the, the you know have, trying to have a good time can get you in trouble. <laughs> that would that oh, would have been like the ultimate uh, life imitating art moment had you gotten caught oh, with yeah. prop heroin in a prop uh, Virgin Mary statue, in, like yeah. as as it happened on the show. Airplane. Yeah, right, right. And then and then as they were shaking me down and putting the cuffs on me, they would have found this incredible bag of fucking Pacalolo. That one of the Hawaiian crew members had given me to did, yeah. And so uh, they, they, I would have been in trouble. I would have been in legitimate trouble. But the, just the embarrassment, I would, I would never have heard the end of that. Never. <laughs> I think that's my favorite story so far from any behind the scenes of Lost. Is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that it's po- whatever it was, possibly happening. What, what Tom, the ghost of Tom Friendly, told me to shake that Virgin Mary, baby. That's, that's going to be the title in, in my memoir. That'll be the title of that chapter. Shake the Virgin Mary. Shake dude. the Virgin Mary. <laughs> uh, so, you know, when, so going back to, you know, we talked a little bit, obviously, about when Tom Friendly was, you know, gave himself up and was killed off in, at the end of season three, even though it wasn't the end that we saw you. You, by this point, you had become pretty prevalent in the show. You had done a number of episodes. You were a, a known character. Was it kind of disappointing to get that script knowing that they were killing off the character? Or did you kind of see it coming at that point? Yeah, you know, uh, let me see how exactly how to answer it. Oh, of course it was disappointing to know that I was not going to go and continue to have adventures and, and be with this group of people as they went through the entirety of their experience. And uh, some of these people, you know, like John Locke, I mean, it's, uh, some, some I'd worked with before and, 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 and some were some I felt like I had watched them grow up like Tanya Ramon. And, and uh, to know that I wasn't going to do it is, is definitely going to be a disappointment. But um, I have to be honest with you. I've been doing it so long that, you know, that it, it's I had a friend who was fired from a movie one time, uh, Catherine Hepburn movie, and she called and she actually had him fired not because he did anything wrong. She just wanted somebody else. And she called and said, there are two kinds of actors, those who've been fired and those who will be. Well, there are two kinds of character actors, which is what I am. Those who've been killed on a show and those who will be. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I, it didn't come as any surprise uh, at all. I, I was, I'm not, I'm not that guy. You know, I'm, I'm already moving on. I've got four other jobs. I'm already moving on to something else. And, uh, and I'm just so grateful for the fun I had that it wasn't i wasn't that disappointed that long i i just it was a great time I, I you know i wasn't looking for a home when i got there and i had a great time while i was there and i was really happy to go back and forth because 
yeah, people react differently. But if you start, if you're on Hawaii for six months, you will go crazy wanting to drive sixty miles in a straight line. <laughs> you will absolutely go out of your mind because everything is around and around and around the island, baby. You cannot go ten miles in a straight line on any of those islands. And you'll just want to come home. You'll want to come home, get in your car, and drive 60 miles up to 101. Just let me just drive in a straight line. I know that's a weird thing to say, but it, it symbolizes what will happen if you stay in Hawaii too long. I mean, it's just, so it was great to be there. It was, I'm sorry that I wasn't going to be there anymore, but I was ready to move on. And, and I went and did the wild hogs after, once, after that season. I think and rode a motorcycle a thousand miles. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So the answer was, I'm going to say yes and no. I was disappointed, but it didn't surprise me, and it didn't, it didn't hurt. Yeah, you know, was it, I guess it was pleasing but, then. I guess because by that point, you know, in, in the season four, we see you two more times. Uh, did you know at that point you were coming back, or was it just like a pleasing call to get from the producer saying, "Hey, we need you to come back"? I, I, I did not know it. I did not know it. I, you know, I they 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 treated me so well. The producers and directors and the, and the writers—they treated me so well on that job that you know you feel you just you have that feeling like yes they they're not done with me or yes they want more of me or yes whatever. It's very different than uh, than some other jobs I've had. You know, like I I did a I did a, a, a an episode of The Magicians, and I sucked and I didn't I couldn't get I didn't think I did a good job. I didn't like the material. I didn't have a good time. And I, and I was supposed to do an arc on it of several episodes. And the next script I got, I've, I blew my brains out with a shotgun. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I said, I said, thank you, was my reaction on that one, you know. I like, yeah, no, I, I thank you. Because I, 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 the, what I had to say on that show, the things I had to talk about were things I didn't even know what they were. You know, if you get a script and you have to start Googling things to see what the fuck you're talking about, you know. You know it's, it's not as much fun, you know, it's like, uh, so, uh, yeah. So, uh, no, I've been killed on so many shows. You know, it's a funny thing. It just as a body, I was at a party last year. And, uh, I do, I work a TV series called Tangled for mm -hmm. Disney. And we had a big party at the end of the season and some young person was there and they go, Oh man, I, I've seen you so long. How many people have you ever killed? What, what's your favorite person you ever killed? And I started thinking about it in that moment. And it took me three days, and I had to go to the IMDb. I never have killed anybody on camera in 188 different credits. Wow. Never on camera. I played killers who have killed people, and I killed people off stage, but I never killed anybody on camera that I could find. And if you ever find one, I wish you'd let me know. I never could find one example of me. I shot people, but they didn't die. Yeah. But me actually killing somebody, I couldn't find one. And but I did find me getting killed about seventy five times. <laughs> so, so yeah, when I when I get killed, I, you know, it's like I had it coming. You know, I mean, Tom Friendly had it coming, and for reasons I'll never understand. For reasons I didn't understand then, I you know, I, I really could not get too deeply into the plot of this this show. I was so busy just trying to be Tom Friendly that the plot. Uh, I, 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 you know, usually, uh, usually I'm. Uh, it's like. Usually, if it's a movie and I have time to prepare for it, it's like doing a play. I will know everybody's part. I'll know everything. I'll know where I am in the first act, second act. I'll know everything about the dynamic of it. That's part of the fun of it. But Lost was a different thing, and it was part of what made it wonderful. Was I'm not saying I was making up any dialogue, because I don't think I made up any dialogue. But I felt like I was, because <laughs> whatever I was talking about when I said it, like when I said, you're not my type, I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that had to also be kind of freeing too. Like you kind of had like a blank check to create this character. I had a blank check to try because yeah, what right. I'm not saying is a lot of time, a lot of times they said no, 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 no. There were things about it that drove me crazy. Okay, it's like I had to be barefooted in every shot for all the time. I had the beard all the time when I was pretending still dressed in the ragged clothes with the beard for whatever reason, and don't tell me why. But I was barefooted. And when you're running around barefooted in Hawaii, you're running on lava. It fucking hurts. I mean, it, wow. uh, my feet have never been the same since then from all the barefoot. And when you see it, my feet are never in the shot. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I could have acted the part of being barefooted. I didn't have to be barefoot. So there were, there were some little mundane things about it. You go, well, fuck, man. Would it kill you if I was wearing my yellow Crocs? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, good God Almighty, why do I have to be barefooted when I'm a feet on your frame? Ah! But, uh, you know, it's it just this is just part of the shit that goes with it, I guess. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so once, once I know, you... I know I'm not a very good, I'm not a very good subject because all you do is ask me what time it is and I tell you how to build a clock. Are I you mean, kidding like, me? This is fascinating. I love this. Well, I can't give you many answers about what things meant in the show, but I can tell you about my experience in the show. And if, if, and the one thing I want to make sure I tell you before we run out of time is I was not prepared for the worldwide acclaim and love I was going to receive from the audience. Really? Before this, I had, before Lost, I had never done an autograph show. I mean, as close, I, I, I was, I had some friends come out one time and they were visiting California and I took them to Pasadena and we were walking through the streets and, and this young person came up to me and said, hey, can I get your autograph, please? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, kid. And I'm signing this autograph and, and my friends are all watching. They're very impressed. And I said, that, so well, what do you know me from? And he said, what? I said, well, you asked my autograph, what do you know me from? He said, no, I, I'm, I'm, part, I'm, I'm part of a, a group at school, and we're doing a treasure hunt, and I had to get an autograph from somebody who weighs more than 200 pounds. Whoa. Oh. So oh he took God. the autograph and walked away, and my friends were looking at me. They were like, one of your fans? Huh? I said, fuck you, shut up. <laughs> so I was not, I was not a, a, in the autograph business. But loss put me into it. I began, a guy called and said, hey, I'm an autograph agent. There are people out there in the world that want to meet you and get your autograph, and they're willing to pay you to do it. And I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he said, okay, how would you like to go to London uh, for a week and do an autograph show? And I said, well, um, let me think about it a minute. I said, okay, like, who's going to be there? He said, well, there'll be other people from Lost. I'm in. <laughs> I said, <laughs> So they would fly, fly. I flew to London. I flew to. I flew several places around the world, and I was blown away. I turned, as you can well imagine, I'm glad to meet people. You know, there's some people who do that for money, like I won't mention any names. William Shatner, who will not make <laughs> eye contact with people. He gets like five hundred dollars in autograph. He says one after and don't won't make eye contact, won't talk to anybody. In the, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> they might as well be wearing a fucking mask. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not that guy. If you're waiting in line to meet me, I'm going to bring pictures for you, not just the ones the agent brought. I'm going to give you my pictures. I'm going to take pictures. I'm going to tell you stories. I'm Because that's who the fuck I am. You know, that's mm -hmm. who I am. And so I had a great time doing these autograph shows. And it was a fucking blast. And I was really moved to my soul. It'd be like a guy who's a plumber. And he lives 60 kilometers outside of London. And he and his wife got up in the morning and drove all the way into London traffic and got to got down to the place and got a parking place and came and paid $40 to get in and then $40 to somebody to, for me to sign an autograph and, and all this just because they love that show and they love Tom Friendly. And I'm, I'm, I'm not used to getting a lot of love for the characters I played. So <laughs> it was it was very heady stuff indeed. And I wouldn't take anything for that. Uh, I, the people around the world, it changed my whole attitude about how, how people see TV. And now when I get a, when I get a, 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 get a thing, it's like an eight cent residual for a TV show, uh, say uh, the mentalist showing in Spain and then 12 cents for showing in Germany. And they put them all on one thing. And people all over the world are watching this. Mm -hmm. But I did not have an appreciation for how much they pay attention to certain shows and Lost was one of those shows because the cast was international. Yeah, I mean, interracial, international, everything. I mean, it could have, you could show that anywhere. And the story would hold up and the actors would hold up, I believe. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, talking about the acclaim that you get for the show, May 23rd was actually the 10th anniversary of the series finale of Lost. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're 10 years wow. past of this show ending. And this show is. And people are still watching it. And people, people are still, still ex yes. exactly, still watching it and still talking about it. So, you That's know, that, that just awesome. goes to show how huge the show was at the time and still is to this day. Yeah, that is, that is, that is really, that is really, uh, really strange. You know, it, 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 it's, uh, it, there were a lot of interesting little things that happened. Well, one of them was I was back in town between uh, early on, I'm going to say in the second season. And I got a call. My manager called me and said, uh, can you be at the uh, uh, the Jimmy Kimmel show at 5 o'clock? J.J. Abrams is on tonight, and he wants you to be there. 
And I'm like, fuck, J.J. Abrams asked me to go out of space. I'm going, baby. So, <laughs> but I, happened, I was in Venice Beach. I had an audition for something else. And uh, so I drove, drove like a madman all the way up, got up to Hollywood Boulevard, got there, got in, and they tried to make me up to look like Tom with the beard and everything. And I'm thinking, this is going to be great. I'm going to be on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And then they took me in and put me in the audience. I was sitting in a seat in the audience. And when J.J. is in there, being interviewed once in a while, they cut to me in the audience listening and the, uh, and the audience would howl with laughter. I mean, it was a great visual bit. Why the hell is that guy, the light him up guy in that costume <laughs> sitting in the audience. And, uh, JJ came over and thanked me for doing, it. he said, what, uh, the music, the singer's going to be singing after, and they have a stage outside in the parking lot. And, uh, we have a polar bear that's going to be there. Would you be there to interact <laughs> with the polar bear? So I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'm on Hollywood Boulevard with a fucking guy in a polar bear outfit with uh, some band. I don't even remember who the band was, somebody I hadn't heard of playing rock and roll. And I mean, where, where, what other job is going to give you this kind of shit? These are, these are fringe benefits. I was going to say, I mean, at, at one point in that night, you're, you're thinking to yourself, and this is my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was, and I was thinking, and it's really good. Yeah, and it's, absolutely. Well, it's, it's woven in, and my wife, my beautiful wife, was right when she said this show is going to be a hit. Stop saying Gilligan's Island. Stop talking about it like that. And uh, and and she was right, and that she could weave uh, her her self into the hat and the, and the towels and and the, all of that could we could go through that together was uh, was a, a beautiful thing, and uh, you know it's it's just. It's really amazing uh, how many people saw that. It really changed how many people knew who I was, and it changed how people, what they had to talk about. Instead of saying, oh, yeah, I saw you, you, well, you, you was mean son of a bitch on that. I mean, I've had people say the weirdest things to me about different parts that I did. And I played a Yankee soldier in something in 1981, and when I went back down to Tylertown, Mississippi, uh -oh. Highway 98, just, just west of Hattiesburg, Mm -hmm. I went down, this guy in this bar said, hey, somebody told me you're an actor and you played a Yankee soldier in a show. I said, oh, no, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I have no idea. Somebody was yeah, I got to go. <laughs> I knew, yeah, look at the time. Look at the time. It's, nice. it's the 20th century. <laughs> I gotta go, yeah. so, uh, so Tom Friendly, Tom Friendly, you know, they have a thing when you go in jail, they, they, uh, you, you have a, they call it a jacket, uh, the jacket you wear. And it really is about why you're in there. If you're a child molester, you've got a really bad jacket. If you're a, in the RICO, pro, you, that means you're probably connected. you got a good jacket. Bank, it's a hierarchy. Bank robbers are here. Arm robbers are here. Car thieves are here. You know, it's like, and to go in to my jacket as Tom Friendly was a really comfortable and wonderful jacket to carry in meeting the public. Because mm -hmm. some of the characters I played, when people come up and say, I love you in that character, I just want to back away from them. And that's before they were wearing masks. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you come and tell me that you loved Big John Brittle from Django Unchained, yeah, I, you love him? I, 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 look, I got to go. Look at the time. Yeah, you know what I mean? I got to go. I, lo I love that Tom character Bradley. you played in Breakaway when you were chasing Kurt Russell that whole time. A breakdown, yeah, not breakdown. breakaway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, of course you do, Ben. He was a fucking maniac. Absolutely. <laughs> I starved myself down to 225 pounds and wore a long sleeve black shirt in the fucking desert all summer. Yeah, that was that, that guy was that guy had a real sweet disposition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's just it's so let's let's get to the real gossip here. Let's talk about who who did you like and who did you not like working with. I'm just kidding. We don't have to go there. Wow. No, we yeah, don't have, yeah, no, we don't have to go a, there. That at would all. be a challenge. That would be a challenge. Uh, uh, you know, how far back do I go? William Shatner. Uh, oh, I, met, I'm, I met just on Lost, but you we just don't, met with Lost. Yeah, no, we don't. Just, no, no, I know what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you meant. No, no, that, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, the, my my only disappointment, the only disappointment I had about that was I did not get to be in an episode with Paula Malcolmson. I did not get to be in an episode with Kevin Durant. I did not get to be in an episode with Titus Welliver friends of mine that I work with on other stuff that I would love to have been in an episode. I would love to have been Tom friendly to them. Yeah. I was, and, I was uh, just thinking that earlier today too, because right before we were talking earlier this morning, I rewatched uh, meet Kevin Johnson, which is your final episode of the series. And it hit me as I was watching it. Cause I didn't think about it until 
well after after we had spoken the last time that that is a Kevin Durand is in that episode, but the two of you are never on screen together at any point, which I was yeah. kind of disappointed in. Yeah, and 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 nor did I, nor did we work the, you know, it's like a, a nine day schedule to do an episode. I was in the first three or four days, and he was in the last three or four days, so we did not even get to see each other and say, hey. Yeah, I did get to see Paula when I was at it, but I didn't get a chance to work with her. But uh, one of the things that was so great about that show was the quality of the people they discovered, Evangeline Lilly, the quality of the people they they resuscitated, uh, uh, the quality of the, the people they brought in to be guest stars. It was uh, the, the producers and uh, were really on top of it, man. They're, they're great, uh, great guys. Damon Lindelof, great, great guy. And, and uh yeah, I, I wish I wish that it was possible to go back and do it all again. But you know what? It ain't. And, uh, you know, I, I, it is what it is. I, I, that's one of the reasons I try to have as much fun as I can in every situation, because you're not going to get it again. And I've got to tell you, I have a lot of fun talking with you guys. I mean, you, you're, your love for the show is uh, is a breath of fresh air for me today. I really I really am uh, grateful to be able to have a chance and uh, I, there's nobody I didn't want to work with. Uh, there was, but I'm not going to say who it was. Because uh, uh, now that I remember, there was one person I really hated. And I'll tell you sometime when it's just us sitting in a room and I can deny that I said it. But, uh, uh, yeah, but as far as I was concerned, it was one of the greatest casts ever. The only reason I hated this guy is because he, he had a bad habit of hurting the, uh, the stunt guys. Okay. He, was, uh, he was sensitive about how... how and oh, and Michael Bowen, my friend Michael Bowen, I can't believe I forgot Michael Bowen, who was in a bunch of episodes, is a pal of mine for many, many years. We go way back, and we we had a lot of down downtime. Sometimes some episodes we work a couple of days, and we'd have three or four days off. And I had this wonderful guy. There's a character you would know his face, but I don't think he ever got a name. Do you know? You've heard the expression "the socks," right? Um, for lost. No, not Okay, familiar. I'll tell you what that means. Okay. The, sock, the socks were the characters you saw in the background regularly, but they didn't have a story and they didn't have a name. They called them socks. Oh, that's and interesting. One of the, one of, yeah, one of the socks, and they would be described in the scripts as socks. And one of the, the socks was a Hungarian guy named Attila Vahas. He's very thin, very dark-complected. He was quite often standing next to me with a rifle in his hand. And he is an amazing guy. He's a Hungar born in Hungary, but he was taken away from his parents by the Soviet Union and taken to be an Olympic athlete. And they literally took him away and kept him and trained him to be an Olympic ocean rowing champion. And he defected and stayed in America. And he got a job as an extra and a stand-in and a, just a, one of the socks on Lost. And he's probably in 50 different episodes. Wow. But he's one of my best friends in the world. We continue to be great friends. I'm still in touch with him now. He's gone back to Hungary now. But he was, he was, such, he was everything Lost was about. A char that character, stolen by the Russians, defected, and wound up in Hawaii, hiding in Hawaii. And he wound wow. up as one of the socks. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah, and, and the three, and he would drive us around because he lived in Hawaii, and, and and so he he had a car and he knew all the places. So he would he would take me and and Michael Bowen and my beautiful wife, and we'd go to beaches that we weren't supposed to be able to get into, and we go to all these different places, and we had a freaking ball, you know. We we did Hawaii up one side and down the other, and the crew, the crew, the crew on that show were the Hawaiian crew were incredible. I mean, they had a lot of people who weren't Hawaiian too. They came over the makeup people and so were, did amazing jobs, but the local people had, some of them have been working since the original Hawaii five Oh, and some of them even longer than that. You know, it's uh, it, it was everything about it was peaches and cream, man. Yeah, and it I sounds mean, like it was like summer camp. Yeah, it really was like, and then I mean, cashew cream too. You busted your ass. They were so fucking hard on that show. Yeah, we, no, we did, we did, we did work hard on it. We were, we were in a lot of places, but you know what? It was a labor of love, man. And uh, nobody ever tried to stop us from having a good time. And that that's, ain't always the case, baby. Yeah, that ain't always the case. And that's such a cool connection too to hear that some of the uh, the original crew from 
uh, from Hawaii Five O as part of your crew in in on Lost in Hawaii, especially considering oh, yeah. that some of the cast of Lost moved over to the rebooted. Oh, oh yeah, Hawaii Five O. Daniel, Daniel did, a, did another series. I mean, some of them moved into the next series in Hawaii, and who can blame them? Yeah, Dan- Daniel Day yeah. Kim, Jorge Garcia, Terry O'Quinn, yeah. they all had guest appear. Well, Daniel Day Kim was more of a, a cast member, a regular cast member, yeah. but Jorge Garcia and, became and a cast Jorge, member. Jorge's done a lot of them. Jorge, oh, by the way, Jorge, world-class vegan, long time. Really? That's pretty cool to hear, though, too. Yeah, long-time vegan. Yeah, uh, yeah, They uh, and who can blame them? You know, if they if they made me a regular, I might have stayed there. You know, it's just a really wonderful place to be. And, and once it gets into your blood, once you get over that need to drive in a 60-mile straight line, once you get over that, <laughs> yeah, then yeah, you're just living in paradise, you know. Uh, that, that, you know Honolulu can be a problem because there's so many tourists. It's kind of like living next door to the French Quarter in New Orleans. It's like, I mean, you know, part of just tourists, tourists around the season, around the year, all year long, just always tourists, tourists, tourists. But uh, what are you going to do? You know, it's, yeah, it's uh, it's it's America. You know, everybody I, wants to be here. I, I just thought of one more thing, too, that I wanted to bring up before we get ready to wrap things up, too, is that one other thing Lost did for you that I think this is the first and only time. And correct me if I'm wrong. The first and only time you've been you've become a character in a video game. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. The only time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and, you got the uh, voice time friendly again for the Lost video game. Uh, I did. I did indeed. And had no idea what the game was about or how it was being played. But no, <laughs> it, was, it, it dovetailed very nicely into the series. I don't really know what's going on. And so I sort of built that in that maybe maybe Tom did not know a whole lot. Maybe Tom decided not knowing a whole lot about what was going on would mean you could stick around longer. You, you Maybe you didn't have the enemies that might want to kill you. you know, I, I don't know. I know that the, Tom Friendly was a happy guy. And uh, and I was happy right up until the point that left-handed Sawyer killed me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you took the boy off the raft. I took the boy off the raft, baby. That's exactly right. And did not eat him. And did not eat him. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, and, and while his dog stuck around for a long time, he grew up so fast that I, he grew out of the part. I mean, that's that, I hadn't really thought about that in a long time, but... He did. He grew. He grew up, and and then it was hard to figure out how you could get him back in there. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, there was no way to do yeah. a time jump. <clears throat> yeah, well, at that point. Well, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you have people interested in watching this, and uh, and uh, it's a pleasure talking to you. If you can think about anything else you want to talk about, you know how to reach me. Absolutely. Um, Thank M- you so much, MC. I didn't get You're the very chance. Welcome, Kristen. I didn't get the chance to do this when we spoke on the spotlight, but what do you got going on that you want to promote? If anything you you've got going on, you want people to know about. Well, I have anything I want to promote. Huh? Oh, bit. Yeah. 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 Bit. It's a low budget movie. I, you know, they're, I, I don't know where they're playing any movies right now. I don't think they are, but they're all someplace. It's called bit B I T bit. And it's uh it's sort of like a remake of the lost boys. If you know that. Mm-hmm. Of course. Vampire movie? Yeah. Only it's not boys, it's girls. It's young women, and they're incredibly beautiful. And they are vampires, and uh, they have updated it a little bit in some cool ways. Like when I was a kid, if you were a vampire, you uh, had to sleep in a box all day. Well, that's old shit. Now they just put uh, sunblock on, and they go, they're out looking for blood, man. <laughs> and it's a great thing. And the star, the star of it uh, is uh, uh, a young... Uh, a beautiful young lady, uh, Nicole Maines. Nicole Maines. Oh, Nicole, Nicole Maines. She's in uh, Supergirl. Yeah. She's a transgender actress. She is. She is. Yeah. She is the star of this movie. She plays a a girl from the country who comes to the city, and of course, the vampires want to bite her right away. And I, she's a really amazing. And she's just an amazingly beautiful woman. And she she bites me in this movie and kills me. And when she <laughs> bit me. She she did, she took a chance and did something that was not in the script that was fucking brilliant. She before she came in and bit me, she filled her mouth with stage blood, so that when she came up behind me and bit me on the neck, I was suddenly covered in blood, and <laughs> warm blood ran down all over my bosoms, and it was sexy, and it was fucking great, man. I'm telling you, man, it's a it's a cool movie. If you can find bit. 
check it out, man. Yeah, I'm going to have to look for that. That's awesome. So It was supposed to be in the theaters right now, but, you know, hey. Uh, yeah, that's right. I, I'm I'm not supposed to tell you that I died in it, but you come on. That guy, my character is a vampire hunter, and I thought he was so fucking mean. You know, he's gonna. You know, I did another. I did a Civil War pre-Civil War slave movie again about a year ago, and they showed it to. And I played a guy who, who was a, a terrible guy, and and they showed it to an audience, and the te- ninety percent of the test audience wanted to see the character dead. Wow! And so they flew me. They flew me back to Atlanta in the reshoots. Put me in a bed. Put a knife on my neck and did one shot of me dead. So I took for me. That's like a People's Choice Award, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nine out of ten people want to see you assuming room temperature. You know that says all you need. Did you do your job? Yeah, you did. But I got. I, I don't know. I, I'm the, I got a vampire movie and a, a runaway slave movie. And uh, you know, God bless. Uh, you, you'll see something. I'll let you know if I find something else. Okay. That sounds good. Sounds good. Um, well, MC, right, well, you guys have fun. Yes. I'm so happy to know you. You are in the future. What you're doing is the the whole podcast. And that whole thing is the future. It's not the past. And uh, enjoy every minute of it, man, because five years from now, they'll think of something else and you'll have to learn to do that. <laughs> yes, sir. How, how true that is. Um, well, stay I on- only wish I only wish I could point a camera at you guys and put you on TV so everybody can get a little taste of your love oh, for what be you're doing because you, you're blessed. And, and I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as you seem to be. And hold on to that as long as you can. That's yeah, all. That's my advice to you. We're going to try. Thank you so much. And we appreciate it. Um, all right. So as the sun sets slowly in the west, <laughs> I pick up my margarita and toast you all and say, bon voyage. Aloha. <laughs> Aloha. Aloha. Bye. Bye. Bye, you golden eagle. Bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back!